You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Broadway, Broadway, in all of its glory, we all have a memory. We all have a story. Was there an understudy? Or did the show stop? Did you see Barbara before she shot to the top? Join us as we revel in a reverie. It's my Broadway memory. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, Um, I'm so excited because I remember when we were first talking about guests to have on the show when we first created it. I immediately thought of this person, the first person we're going to I'm going to introduce because I mean, she is a Broadway historian, uh, Jen, Jennifer Ashley Tepper. She's a producer of the musicals Be More Chill, Broadway Bounty Hunter, and Love and Hate Nation, recent projects that are part of the decade-long collaboration with the group known as Joe Iconis and Family. From producing small concerts in basements to producing a show on Broadway, Jennifer Tepper has cultivated the theatrical collective, which the New York Times called the future of musical theater. A brilliant, brilliant, brilliant queen. And next we have Joe Iconis. He is a musical theater writer and performer. He has been nominated for a Tony Award, four Drama Desk Awards, two Lucille Hortel Awards, and two Outer Critics Circle Awards, and is the recipient of an Uncleveland Award, a Jonathan Larson Award, and a Richard Rogers Award. Be More Chill is currently playing in London's West End after running at Broadway's Lyceum Theater and off-Broadway's The Pershing Square Signature Center after a world premiere at Two River Theater. Joe is the author of Love and Hate Nation, uh, Broadway Bounty Hunter, uh, Blood Song of Love, The Black Suits, 
rewrite and theater works usa's the plant that ate dirty socks and we the people musical musicals currently in development include the untitled unauthorized hunter s thompson for la jolla playhouse punk rock girl his music appeared on season two of nbc's oh now we have two alum uh three alum of um of smash and his albums are be more chill the original cast recording and original uh broadway cast recording with over 500 million streams broadway boundary hunter which i off Broadway and loved things to ruin two player game the Joey Connors rock and roll jamboree and the upcoming Broadway bounty hunter original cast album which is all available with Shikaboom records uh Shikaboom ghostlight records Joe is hugely inspired by Robert Altman Dolly Parton I didn't know Dolly Parton I love that Dolly Parton the Muppets and the family of artists he frequently surrounds himself with please welcome Jennifer Ashley Tepper and Joe Iconis Hey! I love how my bio is basically Joe's bio at this point. It's I love it. <laughs> it's family. That's that's the whole point of it, right? Yeah. And I'm wearing my Michael in the bathroom shirt. So hey. shout out to that parody. Yeah, <laughs> love I it. love that. I was I I have a great um I have a great poster. It's a. Uh, I'm, I, I I have to get a frame for it, but I have a great Be More Chill poster. Um, it's like one of the limited edition ones. Mm-hmm. It's it's the design that's green or something. I have to find it. And um, oh, yeah. but I, I love that. I think it's it's like it's like cool. <laughs> Jen, yeah. what um what's framed behind you? I'm always interested. Funny you should ask. Right behind me is a telegram, a legit telegram that Joe Icona sent me on opening night of Godspell, which I wasn't even planning on sitting in front of. It was, you know, and the other one is a gift from Michael Barras on opening night of title of show. Oh, and I actually saw in the comments, people were discussing the overlay that we have with, you know, your pictures on it um, and the, the playbills in the background. So every time I do one of those collages for the show, we like make it like a little collage of all the shows that our guests have been a part of. And I saw somebody mention title of the show. Yes. Aww. It's a little hidden Mickey. And I see in the comments, like people are saying like Broadway bounty hunter appreciation. I saw the show twice off Broadway, loved the show so much. And I, I, I mean, it was such an amazing collaboration on the two of you. And I know that we're going to, we're going to talk about it. I'm sure. But um, because I'm sure there's so, there's so many amazing memories that you, that you guys have together um, while working on the show. So uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here on behalf of Brian yeah. and I. We're just we're just so so excited that you're here. Thanks so, Michael, do you, do you want to show them the gig with how we pull playbills? Yes, I'll show you the gig. But you guys, you guys um, came up with your own way that we're gonna that we're gonna do the show today. But what I like to do is I have like nine of these, right? <laughs> I have like this one's a little janky. It says playbill on the side as opposed to the actual um, binder, but. Thank you, Amazon Prime. Um, I I have this, and then basically what I just sort of do is I like to go through it, and if someone wants to say stop. <laughs> oh, like right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, say stop. <laughs> oh, oh, damn it. Oh, I'm going to do, you know what, I'm going to do this one, because I feel like this is like new musical theater. This is like the vibe for it. So I picked Clinton the Musical. <laughs> which was oh and brandy's on the back who was amazing as roxy hart by the way did anyone see her as roxy i heard about it sam she was great she was great like she was amazing that's all i've got to say like actually amazing (laughs) so okay so here's my ticket because i have my tickets 
So May 16th, 2015. Yes, 2015. So the show, okay, so we have, um, I, first names I'm seeing are Beowulf Bort, <laughs> the scene design. Um, okay, Chill. we got, what'd you say? He designed oh, Be More yeah. Chill. And yeah. designed Be More Chill as well. Uh, yeah. Beowulf is amazing. Um, and the On the Town Revival. Okay, so we have, the show was, it was Carrie Butler... Um, Judy Gold, John Tracy Egan. Um, it was, I remember like really loving the show and it started at Nymph, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't mm-hmm. it started at Nymph? Do we remember what year it started at Nymph? Maybe like a 2014, something like that. 14. Something like that. I had a great time. I remember Monica Lewinsky got a great number. <laughs> uh, Monica Lewinsky? Monica Lewinsky was, I have who, okay, Monica Lewinsky was Beanie Veronica. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. Me too. <laughs> wait, what is, what? American Crime Story, right? Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Murphy's Be- American Crime Story. They're She's doing a Monica Lewinsky and um, Beanie's in it. And Sarah Paulson, I think, is signed up, of course. Oh, I thought you just meant that Monica Lewinsky was played by Beanie Feldstein. <laughs> and I was like, I would pay a lot of money to see that. She's in the TV show, but I don't remember who's playing who, but you know. I'm going to look that up while you keep doing this. (laughs) Um, Veronica J. Kuhn. Oh, cool. I don't know who that, I don't know. She did Avenue Q for a while, I think. Oh, fierce. I mean, I, I thought I had a great time at the show and um, it's amazing. You know, uh, I, I, I miss, I miss Nymph, you know, I miss all sorts of theater, obviously, but um, I miss, uh, Nymph and and the sort of accessibility that it offers new musicals and I mean we have such amazing shows that have come from Nymph Nymph and uh, you know and I'm just gonna I hope I hope something wonderful happens in the future but um, trying to think uh, I don't remember anything special happening per se with that show but I remember enjoying it and sort of. Um, yeah, I mean, I liked it. <laughs> what was the what was the what was the like sort of take on Clinton? Because I didn't I didn't get to see the show, so I don't know. Was it? It was from what I remember, it was a little like um, like Shakespeare in Something Rotten. He was like mm-hmm. icon, like sex, like sex god, sort of a deal. I'm getting like to see in the in the character. Work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I remember I remember that vibe and I remember Monica Lewinsky's song being amazing and it was like I feel like this is going to be an every girl's book, but it wasn't. <laughs> but it was a great song. So if anyone uh let's see what what was it? It was um I think it was called Monica's song and it was a it was actually like a total bop. And um I thought that was going to be in everyone's book, but it uh it wasn't. We yeah, can confirm that Beanie is playing Monica. That's oh, what yeah. Brittany Good. just told us. Yeah. She is. Yeah. That's I amazing. So. I thought so. In, That's uh, amazing. In a, in, in, um, when I was in grad school at NYU in Bill Finn's uh, master class, uh, one of the assignments, man, I forget what the actual assignment was, but for the class, I wrote a song that was Monica Lewinsky going to her high school reunion. And, um, and it was it, the song was not it was not very good. It was like a real missed opportunity. 
song because I was like really delighted by having it. Like you think it's just about this person going to their high school reunion. And then as the song goes on, it like drops hints that it's Monica Lewinsky. But I wanted to do it with like a real light hand. So like if you didn't know it was Monica Lewinsky at the end of the song, you'd still be fine. Uh, but it just <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't work well. But I remember I had the line. Uh, it was like something, 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 same. Uh, uh, do, does anyone remember the girl who ruined a dress and ruined a name? And I thought it was so good. And then I like sang it in class. And I remember like, as I was singing it, be like, this is bad. This is a bad line. <laughs> this, is, this is not what I intended. Joe, is there anyone right now that you would like, wa- like want to write a standalone song for a, a person in history? Is there anyone who, whose story that you want to tell like right off the top of your head? Um, oh, wait, you mean like a, like a historical, I thought you meant like a person uh, to, to sing the song. Um, no, 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 a historical person. Kind of like you do with Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've, I've already done it. So, yeah. uh, oh, oh man, you know, like so, so many, so, 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 so many people, the first person who's, uh, who popped uh, into my head was Michael Bennett. That was like the first one, Michael Bennett. Um, Fierce. but I mean, yeah, like so many Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> Uh, you know Dor- Dorothy Loudon. She's someone who I'm obsessed with, and she's she's the ultimate. Like if she was still you know alive and kicking, I would love to write a song for her. But I'd love to write a song about her too. You know, maybe you could write what a song you- about Michael Bennett for the ghost of Dorothy Loudon to sing, like involving ballroom. That would be something I would enjoy. <laughs> involving ballroom. Yeah. Jen, is is there any? Because I was just talking. I was just talking about Dorothy Loudon, just like with Ben Rimmelauer, like just like talking about like the what is it, the seventy three Tonys? Is that what? Was that Annie, 73 or 77? 77. 77. Like, is there anything on record of Dorothy Loudon, like, talking about being nominated in the same category as Andrea? Like, was she like, oh, this is cool. (laughs) Like, is there anything like that? I don't remember hearing any bad dish about it. I feel like if there was bad dish, we would know. (laughs) True, true, true. I'm sure she was a doll about it, but I just didn't know if there was, like, a... Because it's, it's such a... I feel like, I don't know, if Tim, in my, like, looking back at it, I'm just like, yeah, okay, that's what happened. She was up <laughs> against Andrew McArdle when she was, like, 11 years old. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Jen, I love Dorothy Levin. It's amazing. Jen, you have a playbill prepared. I do. Um, so I have to say my playbills are on a high shelf, so I reached for one. And I did get this one because it was on the top, but it is oh, the okay. playbill that I wanted, which is Shuffle Along. <laughs> oh, um, so we love Shuffle Along. First of all, I have to shout out the Pride cover. So happy Pride from 2016. Um, Joe and I actually saw Shuffle Along together. I did see it four times, but one of the times was with Joe. Um, <laughs> this isn't the time that I saw it with him, though, because we have an understudy slip for Audra's understudy, Darlesia Searcy. Um, yeah, and this playbill, as I opened it, I was like, this is an awesome playbill for the show because our friend Shakina Nafak was featured in this playbill. Um, for the Pride issue. Our friend Katz is featured. <laughs> Our <laughs> um, friend Katz. <laughs> um, Tim Fetterly. Um, and as I went through this, I realized, so um, two of the swings from Shuffle Along, Britton Smith and Alicia Lundgren, worked on Be More Chill. Um, yeah. So that was also cool. But yeah, I was obsessed with this show. Um, I dedicated my second book to this show. I was so obsessed with it. And did you guys see it? I didn't get a chance to. I, I, I really see it wanted to, but it was cut so short. Right? Yeah, yeah, sad. Um, so this show, like, it blew my mind. It completely, like, changed me in a way that, like, musicals change you when you're younger. And, like, as you get older, it happens less. But it, like, blew my mind. Um, Was there a- something about the structure 
that was very different from others? Totally. So one of the coolest things about so basically Shuffle Along was this musical in 1921 that like changed the world. Basically, it changed musical theater. Um, not only, you know, it was for black musical theater writers. It was like the first majorly uh, successful mainstream musical written by black writers. Um, so it the style of it, you know, the fact that it integrated theaters in like all over America as it toured, um, the fact that it was about black characters who were voting when like, you know, outside of the theater, like that was so controversial still. And, you know, God knows we could talk about it now. Um, but like Shuffle Along, the show that happened in 2016, both was Shuffle Along from 1921 revived and also simultaneously told the story of the making of the musical. So, so like cool. it was just George C. Wolf being the most brilliant human being on earth. And the cast was like, you couldn't believe everyone was in that cast. Like it was Stokes and Joshua Henry and Brandon Victor Dixon and Audra and like uh, Billy Porter and Adrian Warren. And you were just like, it felt like a Mary Poppins bag of like all those actors. Um, so yeah, that's a lot of stuff that I love about Shuffle Along, but um, it didn't get a cast recording, which is like the saddest thing ever, but I'm glad we can remember it through its playbill. Can you show us some of the headshots in the playbill? Yeah, totally. Um, so we have- I also would love to see um, Shakina's shout out in that playbill because I didn't, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. So we have the, the Shuffle Along company, which is like the folks that I mentioned, just like Amber Iman as well. Like, how are all those people in one show? Um, and they played these, like, real-life characters who existed and, like, continued their legacy when the show is so forgotten and it was so important at the time. So it was very moving. Um, yeah, let me find Shakina. Did, did they do anything in the playbill? You know, like, when you go to a Noises Off show, they'll have, like, a fake playbill or something? Or, like, when you go to Hedwig, they'll have... Did they do anything like that with yeah. Shuffle Along? They did. There was. I, I can't go get it right now. I'll, like Maybe I'll Instagram it later. But there was a cool. fake Shuffle Along 1921 playbill as well that was so cool. Um, it just, the style of it, like the tap dancing. There was literally a song where um, the cast was tap dancing and they were yelling out the name of these two flop musicals from 1922 that the writers of Shuffle Along did afterwards. And I was like, did I make this up? Is this a fever dream I'm having? Um, I also, oh, sorry, I have my Shuffle Along sweatshirt as well next to me. Yes, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, I just have to say the Shuffle Along sweatshirt uh, says, offstage, the world was changing. Backstage, the drama was building. Onstage, a revolution in song and dance was just beginning. And, like, I love that shit. That backstage shit, like, gets me every time. <laughs> do, you, do you remember what the shows that they were calling out were? Yeah, so basically there were four writers of Shuffle Along, and after Shuffle Along happened, it was this huge success. They split back up. They originally started as two writing teams. They split up, and they basically did these two shows called Chocolate Dandies and Rang Tang, which were um, like kind of a, a disappointment for them and did not do what Shuffle Along did. Um, and so there's this like tap number in the 2016 musical where it's like this incredible ensemble tapping their hearts out and screaming Chocolate Dandies and Rang Tang at each other as though it's like... I, I, I like like West Side Story? Yes, kind of like that. Actually, I think it's on YouTube. Like, there's, like, a little clip of it on YouTube. But um, every number in Shuffle Along as it happened, like, the musical theater history that was inside of it, I, I couldn't believe that it was happening. It was the best thing ever. Perfect show for you. <laughs> um, I, Just because you said our friend Cats, I do want to share this with you, okay? Um, <laughs> this, <laughs> this, um, I, I, okay. So um, your sister... Jen, Jessica Kent saw this show because I, I was in this in high school. Oh my this god, my, I remember. 
I'm so excited for what you're about to say. <laughs> this is my poster. So, um, did, did you guys grow up in the same area? Did you guys go to high yes. school together? Yes. But Jenna, Jenna and I didn't know. I was I very close with her sister, but we didn't really know each other back then. Now we know each other. But... I knew of you from the Cats production. And well, so um, so our school decided to do Cats. Um, we were one of the first productions, like regionally and educationally, that was allowed to do the show. So um, my school, American Heritage School in Plantation, Florida, Fort Lauderdale, decided to spend $44,000 on this production and not set it in a junkyard, but in a bombed out cathedral in <laughs> World War II. So we oh, are- you did tell me about this. So we're doing cats in World War II, bombed out cathedral. So, um, Jellicle cats are queens of the night. You know, that, uh, the, in the, in, in Jellicle, Jellicle in the opening. Um, instead of a shoe, a dud bomb falls. <laughs> okay, in the opening, no shoe. Bomb. So bomb doesn't go off. Uh, 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 Jelly Lorem takes it off. Who knows? So, but then also um, pyrotechnics, pyrotechnics everywhere. Um, and so uh, final dress, uh, uh, Jenny Annie Dots, Michaela Mancuso is, thank you, my dears. Pyrotechnics catches on fire. Um, full uh, <laughs> Michaela running around on stage on fire. So um, that was good. And then when Grizabella uh, goes to the heavy side layer instead of a tire. It is a cherry picker, Elphaba style, and, but it's the altar. It's the altar in the Vondal Cathedral, and uh, blackout. She disappears, and more uh, pyrotechnics. But that is cats in World War Two. <laughs> I love it. I'm so happy that exists. Yeah, and, 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 and I do have the DVD. So one day, one day we'll have a party. So every week before the show, we do a Q&A on our story. So uh, when you want, you could check our check out our Instagram um, and see when the Q&A is, is announced. And you can just go ahead and, and uh, answer that story and ask questions. So uh, that's pretty much how we do it. So this first question is for Joe Iconis from Mallory on our Instagram page, which is at My Broadway Memory. So mm -hmm. this question is a really great icebreaker sort of question. What is your favorite musical and why? My favorite musical is the musical Cabaret by Candor and Ebb. Uh, and I love it because uh, I love that it can sort of exist on multiple planes at the same time. You know, I love that it's I love that it's political. I love that it uh, is about um, about, you know, actual events that happened. Uh, and I love that it's also a really engaging story of a group of human beings. Like, I love that the the drama of the actual people who populate that story um, or the the honesty of their stories isn't sacrificed for the 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 sort of you know larger themes uh, and I love that it's so entertaining I love that that someone could go to cabaret and sort of not get any of what it's really about and just be a hundred percent entertained. And so for me, it feels like not only is it like is it so moving and not only does the subject matter so beautifully. Uh, hang with the delivery mechanism of the show, but uh, I love how tricky it is. You know, I love that that a certain type of audience could go to cabaret and just be like, "Oh, those songs were great," and you know, I I, I love the girls, and then it wouldn't be till later when they were thinking about it and be like, "Oh, wait a minute, that's actually about this," and wait, it's actually about this. Uh, it just it's such a like a, a kind of devious way to 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 it uses such a devious way to get its message across uh and so and i just love it and i love that score i i i think it's so i think it's so uh 
so badass and so alive and so uh, so contemporary and timeless. Like I feel like if Cabaret if Cabaret was written today, it would kind of sound the same. And and it's uh, yeah, I I just I just love it. And I love how like I love the spirit of it. It's so aggressive, you know. It's so like I always say. It's uh, when I when I first saw it, I saw it for the first time when I was in uh, when I was in in college. I was a freshman. Well, I know I was I was sorry, I lied. Senior in high school, uh, and um, and I it had this like sort of punk rock energy to it that I I normally would not have associated with theater, and I loved that it had that energy while while not really changing all that much about the writing. It was like, oh, the writing is the writing, and the way it's being delivered has this sort of aggression and confrontation to it, and I was just just obsessed with it. And I saw it like over thirty times that the, the fifty four production. Do you um do you have uh do you know the movie well? Like, do you have the same feeling about the movie, or it's pretty much it's the it's the stage musical. Michael, of course I know the movie well. <laughs> what kind of fan would I be if I did not know the movie? And I and here's the thing. I love the movie. I love the movie so much. The movie is so different from the show. You know, the movie is a totally different story, a, a sort of different vibe. Um, and I, what I love about it is that it's, you know, Bob Fosse, who's, you know, one of my favorite artists of all time. I, I love that he was a really great filmmaker, which is different than being a great stage director, you know? And so I love that he was like, oh, to make this thing, we have to make it its own thing. And so I love that the cabaret movie, you know, sort of sits alongside the show. And of course mm-hmm. there's crossover, but it really is a different a different thing. And I think that, you know, Bob Fosse and the people who made the movie taking the show that was this big hit show and being like, okay, we're going to do a movie version that that really deviates from the stage version. Uh, I just think it's like the coolest, the coolest gamble. And so I love the movie. My absolute favorite is the show and my absolute favorite version of the show, because I know all the different versions before you ask, Michael, I know all the versions of Cabaret. Uh, but my favorite is that my favorite is the, the, the 54 revival version, the Sam Mendes. That's just it's that that version of the script with the, those songs in that order. Uh, is just my absolute favorite. It, it it kills me. And it was so funny seeing the revival of the revival at Roundabout <laughs> because I had like, you know, truly I saw Cabaret was like my show. Like that was a show that I saw constantly in college. I saw all the Sally Bowles, all the MCs and, you know, seeing it again, like whatever it was, you know, 10 plus years later as it was happening, I was like, oh, I could, I could stage the show. I could be, in <laughs> I know all the tracks. I know, you know, I know the the entire score. I I know the choreo for the most part. I I couldn't execute it, but I would know what I was doing wrong. And so, uh, yeah, I thought about that a lot. That if all else fails, I could stage uh, rip off productions of the Mendes Cabaret. For the well, that's one of those amazing shows that you. I really believe you could really do such great work with as a director. Mm-hmm. Um, you maybe you could put it in like a cathedral set in World War II. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, at least at least it's World War II. So right. you know, well, I I want Joe Iconis to write a song about Joe Iconis deconstructing cabaret. That's what I want <laughs> because I just feel like that's like a, the new the new uh, patter song of today. Like I'm just going for it. I'm yeah. obsessed with that. I could listen to you talk about cabaret for hours. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I could honestly talk about it for hours. Like I tr- I love it. I love it so much and. Any any time I've ever I, I ever see it or like encounter it, whoever I'm with, uh, will will be forced to listen to me. Just be like, oh, isn't it amazing when this happens? Because it's amazing when this happens. Isn't it amazing when it appears in this scene? And that cost, it's I, I'm obsessed with it. I just love I'm it. gonna pull out the clip of just you saying I saw all of the Sally Bowles is because that was my favorite thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you so you saw um you saw Michelle Williams, you saw did you see Natasha Richardson? I okay, this is one of the great <laughs> miseries of my life. Miseries yeah. or mysteries? Miseries, miseries, one of the great disasters of my life. Theatrical disasters. I had tickets for the my my first time seeing Cabaret. I had tickets to see it at the at Henry Miller's uh, mm -hmm. with Natasha Richardson. And um, and the weird thing about Cabaret was that it played the Henry Miller's Theater, and there was scaffolding in front of the theater, and the scaffolding collapsed, and Cabaret was shut down for months. Like in the in in when it was like the biggest hit, it would be like if you know scaffolding fell in front of Hamilton, and Hamilton was closed for a few months, and so. That is when Cabaret moved from Henry Miller's to 54. When it moved, Natasha Richardson was already going to be gone. And so she wasn't in it anymore. And so I didn't get to see Natasha Richardson in that part because of the fucking scaffolding. <laughs> so when I finally saw it for the first time, I saw it at 54. And it was amazing. It was, you know, uh, I, I loved it so much. And I saw Jennifer Jason Lee and Robert Sella was MC. Uh, and they were they were great. Jennifer Jason Leigh was awesome, like a really like beautifully beautifully acted uh, Sally. But yeah, never got to see Natasha Richardson. Now we do a group photo every um, episode, and I think this is a good group photo for us to um, say fuck scaffolding. So can we do a one two three fuck scaffolding? Yeah. Ready one two three fuck oh, scaffolding. scaffolding. <laughs> Perfect. That's there great. It is. I'll screenshot that, and that'll be on the on the feed tomorrow. Joe, that, that I loved that. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> that was like a memory all in itself. I know. Um, we have a question for Jen, and I think that this kind of goes hand in hand with um, with Joe's question. Um, if you were to produce any, oh, this question is from Sarah on Instagram. If you were to produce any revival on Broadway, what would it be? I love this question. Um, I have a few, of course, but a show that I think about a lot is a show called The Human Comedy, um, which is one of my favorite underappreciated musicals. It was a huge hit at the public in the early 80s, um, huge hit, and transferred to Broadway and didn't quite make it on Broadway. But it's this sung through musical about like American life and about this family in this small town um, with music by Galt McDermott, who wrote Hair. And it's truly just like this incredibly moving, unbelievably interesting because it's sung through. It's like an American pop opera, the way that in the late 80s, obviously we got all the British pop operas. And if the human comedy had been a big hit, um, I think musical theater history would be quite different. But um, it just is a show that I've always loved. The score, if you get a hold of the cast recording, is incredible. Um, and it's just one of those ones that I'm always like, that's one I would do. And another one is Smile. I think about Smile, reviving Smile a lot. Hmm. Um, can I, can we just talk for a second about like, just cause I, the idea of, first of all, love smile, but, um, the idea of your history with the Lyceum and then so with title of show into, cause I was thinking, I was like, Oh, what theater would you want the, uh, <laughs> the, um, the human comedy to be in? And then I was thinking of like, Oh my God, the Lyceum theater is such a connection. Like, can you share about like a little bit about the Lyceum and what that means to you? Yeah. Well, what's so crazy is that, you know, I worked at the Lyceum as the first professional job I ever had working on title of show in 2008. And then it was obviously a very incredible full circle thing that we did be more chill. And I, you know, produced a show there many years later, a show by Joe Atanas. Um, But also like the Lyceum inspired my book series, you know, like the fact that I was like running around the Lyceum in title of show made me want to write about Broadway theaters. So there's all that stuff. That said, um, as crazy as this sounds, I kind of never want to work in the Lyceum again. It's like, I have my Lyceum like memories and I, I would love to like work in all the Broadway theaters so how cool would it be to like know the Long Acre as well as I know the Lyceum and like crawl underneath the court so um you know the human <laughs> comedy can go the court has like some
some catacombs <laughs> underneath it. That's not just like a weird thing I said. Um, Does it really? <laughs> yeah. Um, the court has, you know, a lot of theaters have like hidden crossovers and cross yeah. centers, mm -hmm. but the court in particular has like a whole hidden city underneath it that I'm obsessed with. Um, so, Accessibly, yeah. like accessible. Um, not, I mean, not like if you're an not audience member, public, it's pretty yeah. hard to wander down there. But, um, you know, when I've been back there, like, you know, it's the usual like cruise set up, you know, card tables and stuff, but it's like a weird amount of space. Like I've never seen quite that set up in any other Broadway house. Um, and a lot of them were built that way so that the theater owners could sneak around, you know, they could sneak from the box office to backstage and all of that. Uh, so I guess I want the human comedy to be a court. I can't stop talking about the court. I have go. this. I have this image that uh, that the court underground is like Barbara Streisand's basement in Byron Cellar <laughs> or something. Like maybe. I just yeah. <laughs> that's a. I actually had no idea. That's amazing. And I saw um, Sylvia with your sister at the court. Aww. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the Broadway theaters obviously like have secret catacombs and ways that you can like get to you know the other theater next door. But that one's special. It really is. Oh. That's amazing. Thanks, guys, for sharing and Thank you. answering the question. And so, everybody, if you guys have any more questions for Joe and Jen before the show's over, if we have any extra time, we'll ask a couple of them. Um, but what do you say we get to one of Joe's memories? I know we just shared one from Cabaret, but is there anything else? Um, why, Jen, why don't you pick something for Joe to talk about that you know Ooh. he's seen? Oh Ooh. my God, that's a twist. And it could be like, you you could be involved, you could not be involved. Dealer's choice. I'm looking around my apartment for inspiration. Wait, Joe, I, I mean, I know like so many shows you've seen. I don't know why my, I caught something that I'm not, you saw Ragtime, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, talk about Ragtime. I saw Ragtime. I saw it uh, in previews. And I saw it with my, uh, so this was 1997. So it would have been, uh, it was in January. It was January of 1997. And I saw it with my mom, uh, Lucille, and my best friend, Kevin Manganero, and Kevin's mom, Carol. And <laughs> one of the things that I remember about it had nothing to do with the show. It was that my mom was really pissed at me because I, 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 did, I did like poorly on like midterms or something in high school. And it wasn't, I, I didn't have like a crazy mom who, who's, is, you know, was like, you know, abusive uh, if, if I got like bad grades. But she, but she was like pissed because I didn't apply myself. It was like the only one of those. Like I didn't apply myself. And so she was angry at me, but wasn't going to let that get in the way of us taking like a family trip to see Rack time. Did you guys live close to New York? Yeah, yeah. So I'm from Long Island. And so oh, awesome. I saw, you know, I saw like every every show. I the my first show was uh Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, the anniversary is coming up, September 27th, 1987. And uh and I it just made me fall in love with musical theater. And so I saw like I, I was the most like theater literate kid kid there ever was. And uh and so Ragtime was a show that because they had done it in Toronto, I was really familiar with before <laughs> I, I ever saw. Like I knew all the words to Ragtime, and um, and yeah, it was really amazing. Like it, you know, so many people talk about that original production, uh, but um, it, the the scope of it, you know, the hugeness of it was something that was was really like shocking and 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 thrilling. Like it was the kind of thing where it was like it was it was like so so over the top opulent and it it felt that way at the time and now you know having worked in commercial theater and knowing how much things cost it truly is just like a, I cannot imagine any show spending the amount of money that Ragtime spent on a property that was not like 
you know, motherfucking X-Men the musical. Like, I just cannot imagine that they spent that amount of money on a show that had, like, you know, Marin Mazzi singing back to before, on a show that actually had, like, great writing, where they didn't even need all that shit. It's like they had the great writing, and then they they gave it this production that it felt like seeing something in, like, 1920 or something. But, Audra and Stokes. I was just shouting out Audra and Stokes. Yeah. Audra and Stokes. Yeah. And they were, uh, it was just, and it was really thrilling. And it was like, it was one of those, it was one of those shows where the, the, the original cast um, was, it was sort of like rightly praised, you know, in the, in the moment, I remember being in high school and just feeling like, oh man, this cast is like, they're, you know, it, and just truly incredible. Like there could not be a better, a better cast of a, of a musical like Audra, you know, Audra McDonald, who I'd seen in Carousel, obviously. So I was like super familiar with her uh, and you know, Francis Mitchell. I mean, and Mary Mazzi was like my favorite, that whole character, the, the mother plot in Ragtime is like my favorite strand. Um, Cause I, I really love like finding like babies in bushes and things like, I mean, not, not like that's a thing, that's like a trope, but I, it is in, in Ragtime. Uh, but I, yeah, it was so, so amazing. And the only bummer thing about Ragtime for me was that I had seen, I think they did like a making of when it was in Toronto mm-hmm. and they had clips of the original, the original finale. And the original finale of Ragtime was a reprise of the song Ragtime, was a reprise of the opening number. And then somewhere along the way, they swapped it out and the finale became the like wheels of a dream reprise. And I always so preferred the original, the original ending, the wheels of a dream reprise. I get it because it's like, you know, that's where I feel like they were like, okay, we spent, you know, $300 million on this, <laughs> this, you know, American musical. Like you better give like a fucking tear jerking ending at the end, you know? Uh, but I, I, I always liked the original end and with the original end, there was like a fireworks display. <laughs> it was like so much pyro. Uh, and I was so disappointed that I didn't get to, to see that. But just but, at the end, just at the end. Mm-hmm. But do you know no, what we Jenny, do? Like- on fire. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. We do have to shout out because we said we were going to talk about Bounty Hunter. Uh, Joe and I collaborated with Anne L. Nathan, who played the Bounty Hunter on Saturday Matinees, who was in the original Ragtime. And for some reason, the only story that I can remember that she told me about Ragtime right now is a time when, um, in the opening number, one of the ensemble members threw up over the top level of the stage onto other ensemble members, and the show kept going. That's like oh my the memory God. I have from Anne L. Nathan right now. <laughs> Puke shower. Can you guys talk about Bounty Hunter? Just because I, I feel like um, you guys share amazing memories on that. And we have so many fans that are watching that want to know about Bounty Hunter. Is there anything that you've never talked about, like, in public or, like, Oh, my God, maybe? of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, give it to us. Joe, you can take the lead on this. Oh my goodness. I mean, yeah, you know, Bounty Hunter, like we, I, yeah, I've talked about the origin story of it so much, but it's, you know, it really was a show that, that myself and my collaborators, Jason Sweetie Williams and Lance Rubin wrote as a love letter to Annie Golden. You know, the whole idea was like, Annie Golden is this amazing actor. And she, you know, I met, I met her like essentially the same day that I met Lance and Jason uh, doing the first ever reading I ever did of a, a musical, The Black Suits. And, um, and we've been friends ever since. And she's an actress who I always felt like deserved to be the leading lady uh, in her own show. You know, I've seen Annie do so many things and she's brilliant in all of them, but she, she typically 
plays, you know, a sidekick or a best friend or a, you know, a nosy neighbor. Uh, and I always just felt like she's this, you know, she's this woman who's who's in her 60s. And and I want to see her do something where she, you know, where she kicks ass, where she's funny, where she can, you know, act, where she's allowed to be sexy, where she has her own story, where she's nobody's mother or grandmother. Uh, and that's what the show came out of, you know. And then the more we worked on it, we really loved the idea of doing something that uh, felt like a, a sort of old fashioned musical comedy, you know, that felt like a show you might have seen off Broadway in the 80s or the 90s when off Broadway was like still more of a thing, you know, like the same the same off Broadway scene that produced something like Little Shop of Horrors, which is something that oh. could never, you know, could never have, could never pr be produced like there's no, you know, no like fancy nonprofit theater is going to do like Little Shop of Horrors. So like Little Shop of Horrors wouldn't exist today. Um, but we were like, let's do a musical that 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 would have existed then, you know, that had that kind of vibe. Um, yeah. And I just I, I I love it a lot. And I'm so proud of the cast album that's out. And uh, and I'm excited that people care about it. You know, it was like a really it was kind of a foolhardy thing to do a show like ours in a commercial off Broadway production. But we just believed in it. And uh and yeah, I, I feel like not a day goes by where someone doesn't mention it to me. So that makes me that makes me happy. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think if there was any like. I have. Yes. I have a memory. Story. I have a memory that um, that was all beautiful uh, that we have not talked about in an interview that Joe is one of both of our favorite memories. I think. Uh, who remembers the Broadway blackout of the summer of 2019? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this was a very crazy night because we had Be More Chill running uptown. We had Broadway Bounty Hunter running downtown. And both of those shows were still happening because the whole They started with the B. Yes, exactly. Um, but like it was like the shows on the wrong side of Broadway, like the east side, as they say, um, still had power. So Be More Chill was happening. Bounty Hunter was happening. And uh, it was just like an insane night, like you guys remember. And after the show and like, you know, at this point, Joe was getting on stage at the Lyceum to do stuff at Be More Chill all the time. So like, of course, you know, got on the stage at Bounty Hunter to like do something because there was a blackout and it was crazy, uh, made a speech. But after the show, Joe and Jason Williams, who wrote the show with Joe and our intern, Bailey Ford, got in like a cab and took a two hour cab ride up Broadway while like chaos was raining. Um, and it's just like the whole bounty hunter night was just very eventful. <laughs> That's such a wild night. And I love hearing people that were in the city and especially those who were involved in theater on that day, talk about that night because everybody's got some really cool story to tell. Yeah. Ooh. It felt very much like we were all in it together and like, you know, all over town, people were singing outside their theaters and, um, yeah. you know, we wouldn't know what was going on like that if it wasn't for social media. So it felt very unique to 2019. I love that's it. Amazing. Um, that, that, that's amazing. I completely forgot about the blackout until just now. It's amazing. Well, because we've had some other events happen in between. Where... Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking it's like I saw Bounty Hunter at Barrington Stage before it was off Broadway. And it was on one of Jen's amazing trips that she organized, which that's I can't right. wait until you do again. Me too. At this point in the live stream event, we played Broadway-themed memory games. While these games are tons of fun, they're best enjoyed in the video format of our episode. If you'd like to see the game portion of this episode, visit My Broadway Memory on YouTube or Facebook. Now back to My Broadway Memory. I, I'm so sad that we have to go, but I know this is such a great episode. I'm like thrilled. <laughs> you guys are so much fun. I think it's. A, guys... I think it's a great one. Thank, yeah, thank you. Uh, Where can you, our guests find you guys on social media? And do you guys have any yes. projects coming up that you guys would like to pitch? Any virtual things happening? Yeah. Um, you can you can find me at at Jason Robert Brown 
<laughs> Twitter. It's good to know that joke works virtually. I'm used to hearing that joke in a live element. But. Yeah, it works. Um, and I'm working on, uh, I'm actually working on a musical version of, um, I'm working on a musical version of this book that's like a fairly beloved book and it was made into a movie uh, called The Bridges of Madison County. Uh, I'm working on it with Marsha Norman. It's our first time working together. We're excited. Is Meryl Streep in it? It's like uh, a she's, musical? She's in the movie, but we're- Is she we're in the musical? No, no, no. We're talking to uh, oh. talking to Audra for the musical. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. We, we that's very funny. And we also do have a question: Will Thanks Be More Chill get a pro shot? It should be on Disney Plus or Netflix. Oh, you know, I the West End maybe, right? It's the yeah, the West End. Who knows? I don't know. You know, all the I I would I would love I would love for all my shows to get a to get a pro shot. I would love it, but it's it, it costs so much money, and there's no one who wants to like give the money to make the to make the pro shot. So I feel like if you're if you're if you're craving a pro shot of one of my musicals, I guess just like go uh, go to you know storm the offices of your local. Uh... What's your Venmo, Joe? <laughs> no, don't send it to me. Send it to Ben Tepper. Tepper will figure it out. Send the cash to her. And I'm, and I'm assuming that the answer is the same for Love and Hate Nation cast album. I want a Love and Hate Nation cast album so bad. We're working on it. It's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. It just has to. If the Love and Hate Nation cast album doesn't happen, it's I'm going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Guys, this is, the, this is the industry. When the writer goes, I want one so bad. Like, that's the industry. Like, I love it. You know, because Joe is obviously the visible one, everyone tweets at him and is like, will we get a Be More Chill Pro Shot? Will we get a Love and Hate Nation cast album? And I always just want to be, pick the richest person in your feed and tweet it at them. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. like, obviously, like, it's so lovely that everyone wants it to happen and we love the tweets about it. So keep the love going. Um, yeah. uh, there will be a Love and Hate Nation cast album. Do not worry. Um, I, I am at Jen Ash Tech. Um, and uh, my fourth book, my fourth volume of The Untold Stories of Broadway is going to come out soon. So we're going to be releasing some information about that. So that's one of the main things I'm working on. And you've Yay! also got a podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network that yes, everybody should yes, check of course. out. The it's Untold really, Stories of Broadway. Yeah, great. Um, and that's this is a great time to thank the Broadway Podcast Network for being such amazing producers for uh, My Broadway Memory. Thanks to our engineer tonight, Brittany Bigelow, and our producers, Alan Seals and Dory Berenstein. You guys, you guys are, are awesome. I've watched a couple episodes. I watched the Smash episode. So good job <laughs> doing what you're doing. You. Awesome. Oh you. you guys are we the will... best. Thank you so much. We love you. Love yeah, you and too. we hope love to see you. everybody again next week. Uh, viewers, come back next week for another uh, episode of My Broadway Memory on Thursday at 7. Yes, and we'll see you on Instagram. Follow us at My Broadway Memory, okay? Um, you guys are the best. Thank you so much, and have a great week, and we'll see you on Thursday. Oh, and we'll announce our guest soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.